Praise the Lord, brethren. It is indeed a joy and an honor to be speaking to us this afternoon. Uh, my name is Caroline. I'm a parishioner of All Saints Cathedral. I will request that we just say a quick word of prayer for myself before we start. Uh, my God and King, I surrender unto you. I yield myself to you this evening. I give you my mouth. I give you my understanding. I give you my intellect. I give you my mind, I give you my heart, that you will use me as a vessel this day to speak your oracles, O King of Kings. I pray for the hearts of all your people that are logged on this evening, O King of Kings, that their hearts will come under your Lordship, O King of Kings, that your word, that his truth will pierce through our hearts this day and cause transformation to us, that we will hear your voice and we will hear it clearly to the glory and honor of who you are, O King of Kings. I bless you and I give you thanks. In Jesus' name I pray and believe. Amen. 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 Um, friends, the scripture has been read to us from the book of John, chapter 5, verses 25 to 29. And our topic has been shared, the voice of the Son, a voice of resurrection. And when I got this uh, topic, I asked myself, what is this? Why, 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 why are we saying the voice of the sun? What is resurrection? And what, is, what does the voice of resurrection sound like? And as I searched the scriptures and I searched the English language, um, I realized that, you know, voice refers to a sound, that the voice is an opinion. The voice can be an attitude expressed. And in this context today, we're asking ourselves the voice of the sun. What is the sound of the sun? What is the opinion of the sun? What, what attitudes does the sun express as he speaks? And so I was just thinking through all that. And of course, resurrection, resurrection is known to us uh, to just be, you know, coming back to life. And so I was just pondering on all these things. And then I said, okay, so what does it mean in this context, in what we are reading today? And um, I looked at, uh, at, at, at the book of John, and scripture says, uh, in this very passage, when we read verses 25, verse 25, I'm using the NIV, it says, very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has come, now, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. And so I was asking myself, I was asking myself, um, what, what does this mean? What does this mean to us? And I realized that Jesus, that, that New King James Version starts the scripture by saying, most assuredly, most assuredly. And so I thought about, you know, when I was, as I was growing up, as I was growing up, often when we were swearing as kids, we would want to swear and say Mumazimaga Katunda Mugulu. That would be us like giving a correct assurance. It was wrong because it is never right to share, to swear in the name of God. I mean, scripture tells us not to swear. But that was the only way we knew how to say truly, truly. And and, and so for me. I thought like this, at this point, Jesus was saying, truly, I tell you, I assure you, I give you my most honest thoughts about this. This is what I am saying to you. And, and he says, I tell you, I, I, I tell you the truth. 
And as I tell you the truth, I am saying to you that a time is coming and a time has come. That is part, part A of the scripture. It says a time is coming and a time has come. And, and I said, okay, so a time is coming, but then again, the time has come and the time is now. And so I was asking myself, what does this mean to me? What does it mean when he says the hour is coming and the hour is now? And he says that dead will hear the voice of God. And, I, and, and truly I was confused. I, I asked the Holy Spirit, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean to, 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 to us? He says, he's saying a time is coming, but then again, a time has come. What does this truly mean? And I, I, I kept on searching the scriptures. And then I realized that in this context, Jesus meant two things. And the first thing that I would like us to talk about is the spiritual resurrection that Jesus talked about in this context. Because when he said a time has come, time has come. And, and, and so while I, I pondered on that, I was reminded that earlier on in this very portion of scripture, earlier in, in, in John 4, 3, when Jesus meets the Samaritan woman uh, in, in, in John chapter 4 and verses 23, in his interaction with the Samaritan woman, we can start from, from, from verse 21, where Jesus said, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship, we worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. And verse 23 is, is what I want to draw attention to. Jesus says again, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers that the Father seeks. And so I, I saw that this, these are two, are two cases where God is saying, where Jesus is saying the time has come or the hour has come and yet the hour is still coming. And so I understood that in that moment, as Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman, the hour had come, the time had come for the Samaritans to know God, for the Samaritans to receive this spiritual resurrection, because scripture says we are dead. When we are in sin, we are dead. And so Jesus is speaking to us in this portion of scripture and saying, look, I offer life. I offer spiritual resurrection. If you hear my voice, if you hear my voice, you will receive spiritual resurrection because that's the first, the first part of resurrection that Jesus is talking about. And, you know, uh, again, as I continue to ponder on this spiritual resurrection, I realized that uh, Jesus meant business in this, in this portion of scripture. And, and, and when you read through again earlier on in, in still in, in, in John, in John chapter 5, in verses 21, Jesus asserts himself. He comes in and he's talking to the people and he's very assertive about who he is. And in verses 21, he says, for just as the father raises the dead and, give, and gives them life, even so the son gives life to who he is pleased to give it to. And, and Jesus, essentially in this portion of scripture, is saying, my father can't do this, but I can do this. Because we know that God, the father, and God, the son are one. 
And of course, because Jesus had been born in Nazareth and they knew him and they knew him as the carpenter's son, it didn't make sense to the people because they didn't understand. They, they thought he was being blasphemous by equating himself to God. But that is not true. We know that Jesus has authority from the Father. And so when Jesus claims to be equal to God in, in, in verses 21, essentially what he's saying is that the Father is God and I am God. And he continues in verses 22 to say, moreover, the Father judges no one but has entrusted all judgment to the son. What Jesus is saying is just asserting himself and saying, I am the father, hear me, hear what I, I say. I give life, I have authority to judge. Jesus is saying, I have authority to judge. And then he says in verses 23, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. And that is the preamble to the, to the scripture that we are reading today. Because he's saying, if you honor the son, then you honor the father. If you accept the father, then you have no choice but to accept the son. Because the son is from the father. And the son and the father are one. And that is why in verses 23, Jesus asserts, in verse 25, he says, very truly, I tell you, he's given, he has already given us assurance. He told us who he is. And as I think about it, I think about it. And I'm saying, you know, sometimes in our own lives, um, there are things that you need to be done. You know, we have had uh, incidences, for example, in our political sphere where somebody makes a promise, you know, and they make a promise. They say the president has said that this shall happen. But because of who is saying that promise, we all believe it, not because the president has said it, but because of of the person that is saying and the relationship that they have with the president, even in our homes, you know. Sometimes as children, when, you know, there's no school fees and you're struggling to find school fees and then mommy comes and says, tomorrow you will go to school. Daddy has said tomorrow he will pay your tuition. There's that assurance that you get because it is coming from mommy and you know that mommy and daddy are one. You do not need daddy to tell you you will go to school tomorrow. When mommy says daddy has said you will go to school tomorrow, you believe it. You believe it. But it is so difficult for us Um to believe God in the same way, to believe Jesus in the same way, because Jesus spoke to them and said, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. A time is coming and a time has come and you need to hear me. You need to hear me and, and you will have life. And I, I was reminded that when, that, when, the, when Jesus said in verses 23 of chapter 4, to the Samaritan woman and said, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the father. I'm reminded that later on uh, in that very portion of scripture in verses 39, scripture tells us that many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. But when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers because of his words. And that is the voice of Jesus, that his words caused the Samaritans to turn away, to turn away from their sin. 
to turn away from their sin and believe him. And they came to salvation. They were spiritually dead. But when they heard the voice of Jesus and the testimony of his word and the testimony that the Samaritan woman who had encountered him before them shared, the scripture says they believed. And because of, of that believing, they were able to come back. They were able to return to God and be awakened and be realigned to Jesus. And so, you know, it continues to say in, in verse 26 of um, chapter 5, that for as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son also to have life in himself. It is just Jesus confirming that the life that the father has, he has given him and he has given to us. And we are dead because of our sins. It is our sin that separates us from God. It is our sin that causes us not to hear this voice of God. It is our sin that causes us not to hear what the Lord is saying, that we may have life. And the Father has life. We see this again in Romans chapter 6. When we are dead in sin, but alive in Christ, you know, and, 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 and God is saying, there's life in me. There's resurrection in me. You can come out of the death that the snare of sin causes you to be in and receive life. And, and, and Romans, Romans 8, Romans 8 verses 10. Um, I will read from Romans 8 uh, verses 10 to 11. Scripture says that, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. So that your, your body can be dead. You can be dead in sin. You can be dead in sin. But once you hear the voice of the son, once you hear the voice of Jesus, scripture says the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And we know from scripture that of our own accord, of our own works, we do not, we are not righteous. In fact, the scripture equates our righteousness to filthy rags. So out of our own, we are not righteous at all. It is only by the grace of God that we are able to be righteous. And in verses 11, the scripture says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Again, this is confirmation to us that life, life is from the father. The father has life. The father has life and he gives it to us freely through Jesus Christ. And he calls us, he calls us over and over again. We see throughout scripture, Jesus speaking to us and saying, come. Come, come unto me that you may have life. Drink from this water that I give. And out of your belly, streams of living water will flow. You know, we have a common saying that water is life, you know. So in Jesus, there is life. Life and, and abundant life only comes from Jesus. But our sin, our sin alienates us from God. And that makes us dead. It makes us dead. And we can only come alive, <clears throat> we can only come alive after hearing the voice of Jesus. 
after hearing the voice of God, that is when we can come alive. Because scripture says that Jesus is the only source of life. Jesus is the only source of life. God is the source of life. And this has been so straight from the beginning. If we look at the story of creation, God spoke everything into existence. If you go back to Genesis 1, scripture says, and God said, let there be. It was his voice. It was the voice of God that caused life, that caused life, that brought dead things to life, things that were not there. They came alive because of the voice of God. He said, let there be the sun. Let there be the moon. Let there be lights. Let there be. And, and that is how the earth was created, by the voice of God. And we know that, you know, sometimes, yes, we'll be able to hear the voice of God. You know, we have had experiences where God speaks to you and you clearly hear a voice, an audible voice. But in most cases, God speaks to us in our hearts. He speaks to us in our hearts. Our hearts connect to him. Our spirits connect to God because God is spirit and we are spirit. And the scripture we read earlier said that they that worship him will worship him and in spirit and in truth. It is our spirits that are able to hear God. Because we cannot come to God out of our own accord. We cannot hear this voice because we have decided to sit in a room. You know, you go to your bedroom or to your office or to your prayer closet and you sit there and you say, aha, I've shut out all the noise. I'm going to hear this voice of God. No, that is not how it works because we cannot come to God out of ourselves. It is God who by his mercy causes us to be able to come to him. And scripture says in Ephesians, I'll just find it, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, um, verses 8 and 9. Scripture says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God not by works so that one can boast. It is not by your works. There is nothing that you can do out of your own self to be able to hear the voice of God. There's absolutely nothing. It is by the grace of God and by his own will that we are able to hear God speak to us because salvation is not out of our own accord. Salvation is a free gift from God. So as our spirits hear him, we ought to spend time in the word of God. We ought to spend time in the word of God. If we want to hear the voice of God, if we want to be resurrected from our spiritual death, we need to be able to spend time in the word of God. What does the scripture say about the word of God? Scripture says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Remember the portion of scripture we have read in Ephesians. It says salvation is not out of our own accord, but by faith. And the Bible tells us that this faith, this faith that will lead us to this resurrection, it comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. So we need to spend time in the word of God. 
if we are going to hear Jesus speak, if we are going to be resurrected from death, this spiritual death that we encounter because of our sin, we need to set ourselves apart. We need to set ourselves apart and seek God through his word, through the word of God. The word of God it is tested, it is tried, and it has been found to be true. It is God's very word. The Bible tells us that all scripture is God-breathed. And it does all these wonderful things of equipping us, of training us, of enabling us to do the work of God. But it is his word above it all. It is the very word of God. And remember what we said about a voice? The voice can be an opinion that somebody expresses. So the Bible is the expression of who God is. You want to know who God is? You have to search his word. You have to read the word of God. And even as I share this, I, I, I'm, I'm reminded that, you know, at the start of the year, I decided to take on a challenge, you know. I had had people say these wonderful things about reading the Bible, reading the Bible in one year. And I said, oh, I can do this. I can do this. So I, I, I picked a six, uh, a Bible study plan. And I said, I'll read the whole Bible in six months. And, you know, initially I thought it was just about reading, you know, just read, read, read. And, and I read. But the more I read the word of God, the more I realized the error of my ways. The more I understood that it actually wasn't about me finishing the Bible in six months. It was about me having communion with God. And did I finish the Bible in six months? The answer is no. Did I continue reading the word? Yes. I continued to read the word of God. And I, I found scripture that I had read before and I didn't understand that I understood it now. Because I understood the context of what God was saying to my own life. In my own life. In areas where God was telling me to trust him. And I, and I just said, oh, it's just scripture. No, it is not just scripture. It is the very voice of God. It is the very voice of God. And he calls us, he calls us to listen to him. He calls us to spend time in his word. He calls us to return to him. Because as we will see in the second part of resurrection, there's the other resurrection, the one that comes with judgments. There's a resurrection that he speaks of in the next verses. And that resurrection comes with judgment. So it is upon you now. It is upon you now to decide to heed this voice of God. It is upon you now to heed this voice of God and decide to take the free gift of salvation that Jesus offers. That you may be saved from your spiritual death and receive spiritual life that the Father gives even as you continue to walk the earth. And so we continue to read um, in John chapter 5, the next verse, verse, um, verse 26, verse 27. And, he, and the scripture says, And he has given him authority to judge because he is a son of man. And then he says, Do not be amazed at this. For a time is coming 
when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who will have done what is good will raise to live, and those who will have done what is evil will raise to be condemned. Ah, Jesus told us earlier that he has authority to judge. And so in this last portion of, of scripture that we're going to share from today, he comes back as a judge. He comes back as a judge. And so even as we ponder this afternoon, my question to you to reflect on even now as we continue is that at the time of his second coming, the second resurrection, the physical resurrection, will Christ be your savior? Or will he be your judge? You have to choose now. You have to choose now. If you hear his voice and he redeems you from your sin and he gives you spiritual life, I guarantee you that when Christ returns for that second resurrection, he will return as your savior. And if you do not, I guarantee you again, because scripture says everybody that died will rise up. And I guarantee you, Christ will return as your judge. He will return as a judge in that second resurrection. So we can't choose to be like Abraham. We can choose to be that dis like the disciples. We can choose to be like the Samaritans who believed the word of God. They believed the hour came and they believed. The hour is upon us now. We have Christ the Savior that gave himself up for the sake of us to reconcile us back to the Father because we were dead in our sin. But the sacrifice on the cross, the sacrifice of Jesus is what draws us back to the Father, is what takes us out of that grave where we are dead in our sin and gives us new life and gives us life in the Father. So that is what we need to heed now. Be like the Samaritans. Be like the disciples. When Jesus was, was with the disciples, he had not yet died. He had not yet, um, he had not yet risen, you know. They did not have uh, Romans, you know, where the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your hearts that Jesus is Lord, that he died and he was right, then you will be saved. The disciples didn't have that. Abraham didn't have that. The Samaritan woman didn't have that. The Samaritans didn't have that. They did not have that. But they had the word of God. The very word of God. Jesus spoke. God spoke to Abraham. Jesus spoke to his disciples. <clears throat> he spent time with his disciples. And they had the very word of God. And they believed. And friends, we have the very word of God with us. We have the very word of God with us. We have the Savior. We have Jesus that gave himself for us. He died at the cross of Calvary at once and for all. That we ourselves that were dead in our sin may be made alive in him. And that is his voice that we hear today. It is his voice that we hear today. And so I urge you to reflect, to reflect. Have you heard the voice of God? Have you heeded this voice of Jesus? Have you heeded what the word of God says unto you?
Because if you have not heeded this second part of resurrection, and I will refer us to, to Revelations, you know, Revelations 20. Revelations chapter 20, uh, verses 11 to 15. Scripture says about the second resurrection. But then I saw a great white throne <clears throat> and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and heads gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and heads were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. And so friends, this second resurrection is, it better find you in the correct, in the correct book. Because this second resurrection, scripture says that the judgment, when Jesus comes to judge at that time, the judgment shall be based on works. The judgment shall be based on works. And you know what the scripture says about works? They cannot save us. It doesn't matter how good you are, your works cannot save you. Whether you give, whether you pray, whether you fast, as long as it is just works, it will not save you. It is only Jesus, the Son of God, that has the ability to save us. And that is because of the sacrifice at Calvary. When Jesus shed his blood that you and I may be reconciled to the Father. If you hear the voice of the Son, you should be able to manifest righteousness in Christ. You cannot say, as you reflect on your life now, you cannot say that I have had the voice of the Son. I have had the voice of resurrection. And your life does not manifest righteousness. And you continue to live as one that has not been transformed. Because when you hear Jesus, you ought to be transformed. You ought to be transformed. Yes, the works will not save you, but there must be transformation in your life. You need to be able to reflect the transforming power of the voice of resurrection in you. Your life, your life, this voice, when you're resurrected, there must be a change in your attitude. If you walked around um, in pride, when you're resurrected, you don't come alive as a proud person. No, you come back alive in meekness because now you know that you are not of your own. You know that you belong to God. When you hear this voice and you are transformed, the choices that you make, the choices that you make in your offices, whether to sign a document or not to sign it, whether to close your eyes when corruption is happening, those choices must reflect 
the power that raised you from the dead, that power that calls you out from sin in your choices. We must be able to see this. You must be able to reflect Jesus in you. In your hearts, you cannot have bitterness. You cannot have anger. You cannot be unforgiving. Because then it means you're still dead in your sin. It means that you have not been raised. You have not been resurrected. You're still spiritually dead. Because if you're spiritually alive, then there's no room for anger in you. There's no room for bitterness in you. Yes, there will be moments when you become angry. But because of the power of Christ that is at work in you, when you catch yourself in those moments, you come back to God in repentance. You come back to the Father and ask him to forgive you and to cleanse you and to enable you to walk with him again. Scripture calls us uh, to, trans to have our minds transformed. This is a daily thing. You don't sleep today and say, my mind has been transformed today. So tomorrow you wake up and that's it. No, it is a continuous process. Daily we are renewed. Daily we are transformed. Daily we are made righteous before God. Daily. And so if we have this Christ in us and he has raised us from our death, we should be able to emulate him. And the truth of the matter is, if we reject Christ and continue to sin and continue to live in our own ways and continue to choose what makes us happy and continue to choose satisfying ourselves as opposed to doing the will of God, then this judgment that we read about will come upon us. And this judgment ends in internal damnation. Because there are two choices. There are two choices here for us today. To either choose to heed the voice of God that we may be raised from our spiritual death and receive spiritual life or we reject the voice of God and then we wait for him to reign on us in judgment when he returns finally for, for the final call. So even as I end um, this evening, I want to encourage us. I want to encourage us to just search our hearts. Just search your heart. You know, you know your life better than anybody on this call today. You know the walk that you walk with the master. You know that you have heard the voice of Jesus calling unto you. You know that you have heard the voice of Jesus offering you the free gift of salvation, offering you life, asking you to choose life. And for some reason, maybe you're like me and you thought, you know, we'll just go through life and do what we want. God is asking us today to hear his voice. And choose, and choose Jesus, the Savior, and choose the life that he offers us, and choose the life of the Son, and choose the life that he gives, and ask God 
to have mercy upon us and not reign on us in judgment. Because when he reigns in judgment, we cannot stand before him. We don't have the works to be able to stand before this God. So will you hear the voice of God today? Will you choose him? Will you hear his voice and live? Will you choose in your heart of hearts to walk with this God, to daily have this resurrection power of God transform you daily, daily, as you wake up, as you go to sleep, as you go about your work? And we ask God, to help us to heed his voice. Let us pray. Our God and King, we yield ourselves to you. We realize, my King, that we are nothing. We're nothing without you, O oh God. We are nothing, absolutely nothing without you, King of Kings. Lord, we recognize that without you we are dead we are dead oh lord god almighty and it is only it is only your voice that can call us out of this death it is only your voice that can call us out of god lord help us to hear you when you call us help us to hear you when you speak to us oh god Help us to hear you when you correct us, my Jesus. Help us to hear you, O King of Kings. When you offer life, O God. When you offer life, my Jesus, may we hear you, O God. May our spirits hear you, my King. May we hear you, O Lord God Almighty. Not just today, O King of Kings. We surrender all to you, O King of Kings. We surrender to you, my Master. My God and my King, we surrender to you, O oh Jesus. We give you all, we give it all to you. In Jesus' name I pray and believe. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. Thank you so much, Caroline. Yeah, I think you really you've broken the word to us. My God bless you. Let's really thank God for Caroline. Father, we thank you. And bless you for Caroline, oh God. Thank you, Lord God, for that message you've given him, her, oh God. And thank you, Lord God, for the insights that she has brought to our understanding, O oh King of Glory, about the resurrection, about the voice of the Lord. So I pray, King of Glory, may you, oh God, cover he, her with your precious blood. May you encourage her and strengthen her, O oh God. Father, we refuse any retaliation from the devil because she has spoken to us that we need to hear your voice and uh, snatching many from the kingdom of the devil. So we cover her, O oh Lord our God, that you continue giving her wisdom and knowledge, understanding of oh God our Father. And I pray that when another opportunity comes, O oh God, my Father, may you use her. Thank you, King of Glory. In Jesus' name we pray. I uh, want to thank God for, for this message, uh, the spiritual resurrection. So we are going to pray through some things that I've picked as she was talking. Uh, 
You know, she said that Jesus has authority from the Father. And Jesus is the Father and has authority to give life. So if Jesus has authority and we have accepted him, then we have life. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, O God, that Jesus is not operating outside the box, but he's operating with you. And you've given him authority, O Lord our God, that whoever he touches, O God, hears you, King of glory. And Lord, we thank you that you've reminded us that Jesus gives life for God. We know the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give life and life in abundance. So we thank you so much, Lord God. I believe that every person on this call has given their lives to you, and they have life for Lord our God. So we want to bless your God, that that authority, oh Lord Jesus, that has transformed many of us and given us life. And we know, oh Lord, she has told us about honoring the Son and the Father and accept the son. And Lord, we know that you cannot deny the son and you say you love the father. You cannot say you don't love the son and you say you love the father. Lord, we pray that may you help us to honor you, Jesus. Lord, you died for us to give us that spiritual resurrection. But we have put you back on the cross many times. We have not honored you. We've done things that, Lord, uh, that, that are shame with you. So, Lord God, we're asking you to forgive us. Give us the spirit of honoring you in big and small, in every detail of our lives, in every challenge of God, that our yes will be yes and our no will be no, so that we shall show that we have the life of Jesus. Because in the life of Jesus, there are no lies. It's only true or truth, our Lord. So we thank you, Lord God. We pray that we shall honor you by all our being, by our thoughts, our minds, our action, our words, every detail of our lives. And above all, we shall choose to serve you because that's the only thing we can give you back. And Lord, she has asked us about, talked about the relationship that Jesus had with the Father, that which brings assurance. And when we get that assurance, we believe. And I know, Lord God, we need to believe because Jesus gave us that assurance. My brother, my sister, I don't know where your assurance is. I don't know who you believe, especially when challenges come. Who assures you? Is it your friend or your friend Jesus? Who do you believe that will take you through? So we want to pray, Lord God, that you might use cement our relationship. As Jesus had the relationship with the Father, may we also have the, the relationship with the Trinity, O King of Glory. May we believe in that assurance of God that you've given us, Lord, that in Hebrews you tell us that you will never leave us, nor forsake us. Lord, that is assurance. You've given the assurance, Lord, that you've come to give life and life in abundance. That is assurance of God. We pray that you cement our relationship, that Lord God, we shall 
walk close with you, that we shall continue believing and trusting and hoping in you alone, O King of glory. And we pray for other people who have not yet gotten this relationship, O Lord God, who have not yet seen your authority, who have not received the life in abundance. We pray this evening, King of glory, may they receive the assurance. You left the Holy Spirit to help us. May the Holy Spirit convict each of them and show them where the assurance, assurance comes and show them whom they should believe and trust. Lord, we thank you. We bless you for the voice that speaks, Lord. Those days the, the voice spoke to the Samaritan woman and went and took the, the message and many believed. Lord, you are still using that voice to speak to us and to show us our sins, oh Lord, the sins that Lord God we do even in darkness that you still know. Lord God, we pray that your voice will roar, your voice will thunder, your voice will speak loud, that we show us where we are wrong and choose to turn back to you, King of glory. And Lord, we thank you for the life that Jesus has given all of us. And Lord, we repent, oh Lord, for this sinful nature that is always following us, that we have accommodated, that we are giving you room, that is being displayed on our foreheads. Oh God, our Father, this evening I pray that you forgive us for that sinful nature that, Lord, we are walking with, that even when we've had that assurance, that even when we've seen that authority and received it, that even when we've gotten life in abundance, oh God, this sinful nature that has clung on us, today we shake ourselves off in the name of Jesus. We repent, oh God, that you forgive us, oh God, because this sinful nature has hindered, has hindered us, oh God, to have this life in full in the mighty name of Jesus. It has hindered, hindered us, oh Lord, to hear your voice clearly, and it has not even to mistake your voice when you are speaking life into us, oh God. When you are speaking things that, Lord God, that the flesh doesn't want to hear, that our ears does not want to hear. Lord God, we've run away from the voice. We've gone to hear other voices, oh God, that are flattering us, that are lying us, that are just, Lord, cementing our sinful nature, that are encouraging us to sin more. Oh God, our Father, today we have been reminded that you have authority, that we need to have a relationship with you, that you give us life and assurance. So we repent, O King of glory. May you forgive us, O God, Father. Forgive us, O Lord Jesus. We are ashamed. We are ashamed because we have the living word. We, every time we are on this room, we are in someone's own day, night, oh Lord, oh my master, but we are not yet fully there. May you forgive us. Heal us from this selfish Self, oh God, sinful nature, oh God. Heal us, oh King of God. And Father, we are told that your voice is calling today. Even today, you are still calling, oh God, our Father. I pray, oh God, may we hear, oh God, and abide by the voice of God. 
Father, that's why at this moment, I bring our relatives, oh God, who have not heard your calling, oh God, the voice of God, that you've made it loud, oh God. Lord, you've made that, you've, made, you've sounded the trumpet, and the, 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 the ears are still blocked. I bring all our relatives, oh God, that may they hear you, oh God. May they hear you clearly, O oh King of glory. May they hear that assurance master. May they hear your authority, King of glory. May they hear your encouragement, O King of glory. May they have a relationship with you, King of glory. Tonight, convict someone, O God, who has never heard the voice of God, that they will hear that voice of the voice will come with the spiritual of God resurrection in the name of Jesus that indeed they will resurrect when they are meek of God when their bodies are glittering when they are completely washed as white as snow oh God remember mercy for our relatives of God in the mighty name of Jesus call them by name like how you approach the Samaritan woman approach each of them oh God and Father we thank you God that when we pray, you hear us and answer us, O oh God. May this voice roar. May we hear that voice. Lord, we know that as she has told us that the voice of God creates. When you speak of God, you create. That you did in, 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 uh, in creation of God. Father, Lord, I pray. Brethren, what is that that is dead in you? Hear the voice of the Lord. What's, what is the state of your heart? The things are dead. You no longer hear. You have no appetite for the word of God. Things have, around you have killed the voice of the Lord. But today we are praying, this evening we are praying that may the voice of the Lord create something in you. That, that thing that died a long time ago, Mary is resurrecting the mighty name of Jesus. Reading the word, Mary is resurrecting the name of Jesus. Fellowshipping, Mary is resurrecting the name of Jesus. Repenting, Mary is resurrecting the name of Jesus. Whatever died in you, physical and spiritual, we pray that it will resurrect after hearing the voice of the Lord because we know the voice of the Lord creates and creates things that bring glory to God, creates things that are ever lasting so my whatever is dead in you whatever state of your heart is this evening we are praying for resurrection we are praying for restoration we are praying for creation that it will be created once again in the name of jesus we need the lord to to we need to spend time with the lord as she told us and reminded us how do we spend our time we need to spend our time in fellowship in reading the word in meditating in listening to the voice of the lord my brother my sister i don't know how you spend your i don't know whether you only when you come for this fellowship when you come for lunch hour when you come for midweek when you come for morning glory and the zoom is that the way the time you are spending no they that time is there yes but you need to have your personal time with your lord father i pray in the name of jesus may you give us that habit Mary to be part and parcel. We want to hang out with other people. May we hang out with you, Holy Spirit. May we hang out with you, the Trinity, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, create it in us, O oh Lord, that we shall spend time with you, in fellowship with you. Lord, we know it is a choice to 
to make, oh Lord. We pray that you give us that, that we might make a choice. And we know because you come, when you come, oh God, in this other resurrection, you come as a judge. Lord, we pray that none of us has tested your grace, oh God, that we be judged to hell, that all of us, oh God, we be restored to life. All of us, you shall live that life in abundance. That as we live it here on earth, so shall it be in heaven. Lord, that life without end, Lord, that we shall experience it, oh God. That we shall reign with you, our Savior. Oh God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, our God. Indeed, she has reminded us that you honored your oh God as by accepting to be sacrificed for our sake. So may we believe in you and may you trust in you, O oh Lord our God. I thank you, God the Father. I bless you, King of Glory, this evening for that reminder. Thank you, O oh God our Father for speaking through your daughter, my master, so loud and clear. And no one will say that did not hear or did not understand. Because even when we said that, that we shall be accusing the Holy Spirit that you left to us to break every information to our understanding. We shall blame our sinful nature. So Lord God, we thank you. We thank you, God, for knowing that nothing can be done without salvation. That apart from accepting Jesus, nothing which can, we can do, nothing we can accomplish, all will be on the sinking ground. But Lord, on the solid rock, we choose to stand because the ground is a sinking ground. So whoever is on the sinking ground, we choose to come on the solid rock that we have life in abundance, that we cement their relationship, that we repent and we'll be restored and we'll be able to hear your voice clearly. We thank you, Lord God. We bless you. May you be glorified for this such time of this. And now I pray for the brethren on this call of God, our Father. I pray for all these people who have come to attend, oh God. May you bless them. May you give them journey masses, those who are not yet home. May you open their doors, oh God. May you increase as they decrease in the name of Jesus. May you give wisdom to their children, even those who are on this call that they, are, they have candidates who are sitting for exams. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, may you provide, oh God, that none of our children, oh God, will be chased, oh God, that will be hindered to do exams. And those who have, de have debts, oh God, of school fees, oh God, I pray, my master, that the door will be open, that I'll be able to pay every, oh God, queen that they need at school, oh God. Oh God, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. For in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we have prayed. And everybody say, Amen. 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 Bless you so Amen. much for Thank you Amen. so much for coming. Thank you, Caroline. God bless you.